thank God. We thank God. Father, we thank you for such a time in your presence. Speak to us. Bless our lives tremendously. Your word says, The natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit, because they are spiritually discerned. We ask that we be taken out of the place of being natural and carnal, and that we might become spiritual people, that we might descend the message that is coming tonight, and that our lives will be blessed tremendously. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. For some time now, we've been looking at the subject of prayer. We've looked at the fact that Jesus had a lifetime or a lifestyle of prayer. And in Luke chapter 11, at a certain point in his life, one of his disciples came to him and said, Please teach us how to pray, as John taught his disciples. And Jesus, understanding the importance of training, said to the disciples, I will teach you how to pray. And therefore, he began to teach the disciples how to pray. But in teaching them how to pray, he gave them a pattern or a system of operation, a pattern to follow, or a system of operation, which most people know it as the Lord's Prayer. Some people recite it like they are reciting a poem. But the truth of the matter is that it is a pattern. You know, and it goes by saying, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So this is the pattern Jesus gave. And he himself followed this pattern, which tells you that if... All he prayed for, he received answers to it, and this is the pattern it followed. Then success is also a guarantee to your life or your prayer life when you follow that pattern. Amen. Yeah. If someone used a particular system to work and it brought him an amount of money and he teaches you that particular system of operation, when you follow it, Expect to also receive a blessing because you use the same method or principle or procedure that he used. Yeah. And so we've looked at that. We've also looked at things that we need to be able to pray. You know, and we have I've started a new series where we are now learning in Luke 18, Luke 18, verse 1. Let us go there. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. 
Please go ahead. Which verse, Pastor? Just the verse 1. Luke 18, verse 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Amen. He speak a parable unto them. Rank, what does your version say? International Standard Version says, Jesus told his disciples a parable about their need to pray all the time and never give up. Their need. Needs are necessity. Needs are different from wants. Needs is a requirement to survive. You need water to survive. You need food to survive. They are very essential. Without them, you can't have a certain kind of life. Without them, you can't live the way you are supposed to live. Without them, you'll be deficient. Without them, you'll have a struggle. you have difficulties. We need food. We need money. We need air. We need good health. So there are needs and there are wants. You have to understand the difference. And Jesus was saying that when it comes to prayer, it is a need. It is not an option. It is not something you feel like doing when you feel like doing. Amen. Nobody gets up and eats because he feels like eating. You need to eat to receive, to have strength, to be able to walk and all, do all kinds of stuff. Without it, you will die. You need air. You need to be able to breathe the air. That's why you, you realize that when people fall sick and they are sent to the hospital, oxygen is put on them and that oxygen is sold at a certain price. It's not free. Because, unfortunately, unfortunately, unfortunately because they need it. Without it, they are dying. They will die. So, Jesus was saying that if we ever come to the place where prayer is deficient in our lives, then there is going to be a tragedy. There is going to be a problem. There is going to be a difficulty. Because it says, men need to pray all the time and not to stop praying. Which means, when you stop, then there is going to be an occurrence that will, will, will not result in a good thing. That is why we are learning about what happens when you do not pray. There is a difference between if. If it's a conditional, if it's an option, you can decide to do it or not. But, but the word when means it's not conditional. Amen. So if Jesus is saying we need to pray all the time and not to faint, my question is what about if we don't pray? Is something going to happen? Will something happen? Like, this is my boss. He teaches me photography. And he taught me something about lightning. You know? It is a need. Without that lightning, you can't have 
the kind of photography or picture quality you want to have so whether it is artificial lightning or natural light you still need light in some way or the other so what if you don't have light then how is the picture going to look like amen so it is with prayer you need prayer what if you don't have prayer what will happen is what we are looking at amen and we've learned a couple of things you know about what happens when we don't pray or an individual decides to live a prayerless life yet sunday i took someone to church with i took a, a person with a wife and a child to church when we got to the church I mean, I was believing God that my pastor, will, God will speak prophetically through my pastor to him, but nothing happened. So after the service, I took him and the wife to see the pastor. Immediately, the pastor asked him to kneel down to pray for him. When he knelt down, the pastor said, you, I see this person is locked up in a prison. And no matter what he does, he cannot survive it's like he will never be successful no matter what he does and this guy is very hard working his business is down nothing is working he struggles to even eat you know and when we went to the church the pastor said he's caged someone has taken his destiny somewhere to cage it you know but the truth of the matter is that this individual does not pray. He doesn't even go to church. He doesn't have anything to do with God. He knows God because I know him from childhood and we've been to church together. You understand? But he doesn't have a prayer life. He doesn't have anything to do with God. And so there has been a system of oppression against his destiny without even him having the slightest idea. So I'm going to teach something that is related to this experience this guy is going through. And I'm teaching on when you do not pray, your life is directed by certain factors. And one of them is a spiritual factor. Or Amen. There is something called chance or luck. Some people use the word luck or chance. <laughs> or happenstance. Happenstance is another word for chance, luck, or circumstance, good luck, bad luck, good fortune, misfortune, you know. Uh, many people believe in these things. But unfortunately, whether it is chance or circumstances or good luck or bad luck or misfortune, 
all these things are governed by other factors. You know what it means? It means if something happened and it looked like it was a chance that you had, I am yet to tell you that it was not a chance. There was something that contributed to you receiving or getting into that position. Amen. If, for instance, you get to find yourself in a position where you are being blessed by something, it is not because of luck. It is because there are things that work behind your, your eyes, behind your knowledge of experience. That is why you are there. And these things can be natural or spiritual. So there are spiritual factors that govern chance. And there are natural factors that govern chance. Amen. And I want to talk about one of the spiritual factors that govern chance. Amen. And it is in the Bible. You will be amazed as, as, as how the story played out. You will be shocked. Amen. Spiritual factors that govern chance are very, very important to know. Amen. When I say spiritual factors, I'm referring to spirit entities. This world is not governed by just the realm of what you see. But there is the realm of what you cannot see, but it is real. For instance, the wind cannot be seen, but it is real. You can feel the effect of the wind. You can only know that this is the wind by looking at what happens if you see a tree moving towards a certain direction you know that this is the if this is the wind because you cannot see it but it is working you only feel the effect so there are things you can't see but they are still working your it is beyond the realm of your senses it is beyond your eyes, your nose. When we talk about senses, senses involve your ears, your eyes, your nose, what you can taste, what you can feel, what you can see, what you can hear. So there are things that are beyond what you can feel and what you can hear and what you can see and what you can taste. And they are in the place called the realm of the spirit. For instance, God is a spirit you can't see him but he is real he exists and you see Amen. the nature of god in almost everything when you look at the trees when you even look at the human being the complexity of the brain of the human being and the number of things that are embedded in the brain of the human being it's amazing what this brain can do the things it can achieve, the things it can develop, whether it is technology, from technology to whatever. Amazing. And then you look at the sea. This huge sea. How does it not come forward? 
But when it comes, then it goes back. What is keeping it from coming forward? Because it looks like it should be coming forward. Amen. Something is preventing this from coming forward. Look at the sky. It doesn't fall. You, it has pillars, but you can't see the pillars. The clouds are there. They don't fall. What is holding them together? You look at a mango seed. You put one seed in the ground. It grows up into a tree. becomes a mighty tree. And then now gives you a series of mangoes year after year. How, this, how did this happen? What system is working in the seed? You understand? So, God, the, John 4, 24 says, God is a spirit. You can't see him, but you can feel that God is real by the number of things that happen. Amen. And so, we are going to look at the story of a king in the Bible called Ahab. And see how he died out of what people might call apparent stroke of bad luck. He died a painful death, which looked like it was a chance. It was an accident. But it was not an accident. It there was a spiritual event that took place. In the natural, when you look at it, it looked like, oh, it was an accident. But there was a spirit. Amen. First Kings chapter 22. And the, the way you realize and understand this is even how the story is. Because the king disguised himself. 1 Kings chapter 22, verses 19 to 23. 1 Kings 22, 19 to 23. Please read it if you are there. 1 Kings verse 19. Uh, then Micaiah said, First Kings chapter 22, chapter 22, 2 First Kings chapter 22, and you said verse 19, right? Yes, from verse 19 to 23. Then Makai said, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing by on his right hand, and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will persuade Ahab, Ahab to go up, that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead. So one spoke in this manner, and another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. 
the Lord said to him, in what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of his, of all his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Now, therefore, the Lord, therefore, okay, continue. Therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours, and the Lord has declared disaster against you. Amen. Rank, what does your version say? A little bit loud. First King chapter twelve. It's for sorry, twenty-two, verse nineteen to twenty-three. And he said, Hear that therefore the word of the Lord. And I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. And the twenty twenty, and the Lord said, Shall persuade Ahab. That he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead. That he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead. And one said on them on this manner, and another said on that manner. Twenty one. And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. Twenty two. And the Lord said unto him. Wherewith and he said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord had put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets, and the Lord had spoken evil concerning thee. Amen. 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 So when you look at this story let me give you a little bit of explanation the king is about to die <laughs> and his death was being planned in heaven by god and other spirits okay this is beyond what you can see but i'm going to show you what you can what you, you you can see in the realms of the living and what was happening in the spirit in the realms of the living the king was going to war and he disguised himself he didn't wear the shirt he's supposed to wear as a king he gave it to one of his servants and he wore a different shirt okay so no one knew who the king was but in spite of all this trick that he played, what happened was that at random, an arrow was shot to, and it hit the king in a particular joint of his body. And then it started bleeding. He had stroke and he started bleeding. 
And it looked like it was a coincidence, but it was not a coincidence. Before this battle took place, the scripture we read was a meeting that was held in heaven, in the realms of the spirit, about the king. You understand? There was a meeting in the spirit realm and an evil spirit had been sent to deceive the king to go to the battle so that he would die there. You understand? So what looked like it was the king that made a decision, it was actually an evil spirit. And this is how the evil spirit came. He said, I will go into the mouth of his, all his prophets as a lying spirit. So he has prophets that prophesy to him. But by this time around, the spirit the prophets were prophesying by was an evil spirit. And their prophets themselves didn't know. Because it has been determined that he should die. Okay? Now, in the battle, the enemy they went to fight against told his people that don't, don't fight against anybody else apart from the king. And so when they went to the battlefield, everybody was chasing the king. And you can only identify that this is the king by the type of dressing. You know, when you watch movies that people go to war, the kings, their armor is different from the rest of the soldiers. Their dress is entirely different. And that is what helps you that know that, oh, this is the king. And they, they have a crown on their head. But this king, he gave the crown and the armor to a different person. And he wore one of the shirts of the soldiers. So that nobody will know that he is the king. But watch what happened. Let's continue. From verse 30, the same First Kings 22. From verse 30 to 35. Let's watch what happened. Which version would you like for the test? Go ahead, Miss Caroline. Um, verse First Kings twenty-two, verse thirty, um, through thirty-five, and the king of Israel said to Josephat. I will disguise myself and go into battle, but you put on your robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. Now the king of Syria had commanded the 32 captains of his chariots saying, fight with no small, no one small or great, but only with the king of Israel. So it was when the captains of the chariots saw Josephat, or Josephat, Jehoshaphat, that they said, surely it is the king of Israel. Therefore, they turned aside to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out, and it happened when the captains of the chariots saw that it was not the king of Israel, that they had turned back from pursuing him now the king of israel that they turned back from pursuing him wait a minute now a certain man drew a bow 
at random and struck the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. So he said to the driver of this chariot, turn around and take me on the battle, out of the battle, for I am wounded. The battle increased that day and the king was propped up in his chariot facing the Syrians and died at evening. The blood ran out of the wound onto the floor of the chariot. Amen. Amen. You see, um, um, Ron, you want to read? Go ahead. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and enter into the battle, but put thou on thy robe. The king of Israel disguised himself and went into the battle. But the king of Syria commanded his test, his thirty and twenty captains that had ruled over the pirates, saying, Fight neither with small nor great only with the king of Israel. And it came to pass when the captain of the chariot saw Jehoshaphat that they said, Surely it is the king of Israel. And they turned aside to fight against him. Jehoshaphat cried out and it came to pass when the captain of the chariot perceived the captain of the chariot perceived that it was not the king of Israel. That they turned back from his Pursuing him, and a certain man drew a bow at venture and smote the king of Israel between the joints of ends. Wherefore he said unto the driver of the chariot, "Bend thy hand and carry me out of the host, for I am when wounded." In the battle that day and the king stayed up in his chariot against the Syrians and died at even. The blood ran out of the wound to the middle of the chariot. Amen. So you see in this story the death of a king has been planned by spirits. Okay? so that he would die he had no idea that something like that has happened you understand and he even disguised himself it's like a man who has worn the cloth of a woman and has done makeup so that you not recognize him but he still died and the bible says someone shot an arrow at random so it looked like it was a chance you understand? I mean, if someone is shooting arrow and it hits you, it's randomly. So, it was a luck. Good luck. That guy was very lucky. But it was not luck. It was actually the plan of evil spirits. So, as he was going to that battle, it has been planned already. In the realms of the spirit. Including his own prophet, they could not detect that this one that they are speaking, it was a lying spirit that has entered into them. That's why they say if it's meant for you, then it's meant for you. Yeah. If it's meant for you, it's meant for you. You know, no matter what, you can't run away from it. I heard a story of 
I read a story from a book of someone who wanted to run away from death. And so one day, he was in a particular city and death came to visit him and told him that it is your time to die. And he said no. He thought about the fact that if he runs away, if he runs away to a different country, he would escape death. So he, he decided to run away from death. By the time he, he got to the airport and he was coming out, death was still standing there waiting for him. And he said, you can't run away from me. No matter where you go, whether you go to America or Africa, you will die. So if it is meant for you, it is meant for you. But what we have to understand is that as a person, you have to be very prayerful because things that happen in your life are not by coincidence. Amen. You understand? Are not by coincidence. It is actually an orchestration that has taken place in the realm of the spirit without you knowing. Amen. And so when you pray, one of the things that happens is that you are able to deal with what goes on in the realm of the spirit. So if ever there is going to be a problem, this is my papa. Poppy, welcome. Uh, Amen. Or good morning. Sorry. I'm Amen. I'm in Atlanta, so it's it's evening to me. But good morning. Okay. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Bless We thank God. Hallelujah. So, Amen. spiritual entities affect or determine the events that take place in this earth realm. And therefore, you must be able to become a prayerful person. And when I say prayerful person, you see, you can pray for your words to have effect in the place of the spirit. Where physically you can't be there, but spiritually your, your words can be there. That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14. It says that he that speaks in an unknown tongue he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men for no man understand but how be it in the spirit in the spirit so when you speak in tongues you operate in the realms of the spirit when you speak in the language of the Holy Ghost, you are operating, you are performing precisional surgical operation. And you cannot miss it. This one, it is called target prayers. And therefore, when you do that, your life will not be governed by what is known as circumstances or chance. So you see that Ahab, Ahab went to the battlefield. All right. Even disguised himself. But it was planned in the realms of the spirit. 
that he will die on that battlefield no matter how much he disguised himself. So you, you and I cannot afford to play around with our prayer life. That is why Jesus said, men need to always pray and not to faint because there is something that would happen if you do not, or I shouldn't say if because it's not even an option. When you do not, something will happen. And that which will happen will not be good. And therefore, you need to be able to pray. Hallelujah. We need to be able to pray and not allow. One of the things I've prayed for a very long time is the will of God. The will of God. You see, Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, God says he has a plan for us. And for me, that is a very big struck of revelation me even me god has a plan for me that that might be exciting Amen. that he can he even has the time to sit down to design a plan for my life even me oh it's so comforting to know that but what is that plan do i know it i have no idea all I know is that he has a plan. I have, I don't know the plan. <laughs> you know, someone can have a plan for you and you will not know what plan it is. You can be in a relationship with your spouse and your spouse can have a plan for you and you will not know until it is manifested. And that's some of the things people call surprise. So you see, before you are, you'll be there, and then you, before you realize, a car has been brought to you. It was a plan he had all along. He's been desiring, he's been communing with that plan in his heart or her heart to get you that car, but you had no idea that such planning was going on in the heart of whoever the person is. You understand? And so, if God has a plan, it means He is thinking about it, He is deliberating it, He is planning, He is packaging to make sure it is delivered to you. And it has a timing allotted to it. Let's say God has a financial plan for you to bless you with a million dollars. You wouldn't know when that plan is coming, but it is in motion. So, when you hear that, you see, the exciting thing is that the Bible says God is good. And all that he does is good. So, if God has a plan for your life, it is going to be a good plan. That's what he said. A plan of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. So, you can take comfort in the fact that Whatever God, whatever plan God has for you is a good plan. And it's going to manifest. So when you are praying for the will of God, you are actually praying for the very in-depth heart desires of God for you. Amen. That which he has not been 
You see, the Bible says God does not sleep nor slumber. For how long he's been living, nobody knows. But for that long time, he's been having plans for you. Amen. And that plan, it is his very heart desire. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 35. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 35. Look at what he says there. Beautiful. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 35. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 35. Uh, King James. He says, I will raise up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind and i will build him a sure house and he shall walk before my anointed forever amen 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 miss carola what does your version say first samuel chapter 2 verse 35 states then i will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. I will build him a sure house and he shall walk before my anointed forever. Amen. Beautiful. So even in raising up pastors, a pastor is positioned in a strategically positioned to fulfill the very in-depth desires of God. So, as I am sitting here, that God has raised me up. This, my, my father knows me. This is not how my life was. My life was totally different from what it is now. I told my wife I was very stubborn and disrespectful. She couldn't believe it. She said, that's a lie. And she may have to confirm it from other people. I said, I will call people. He said, if they say it, she will still not believe it. Because I'm too nice now. Amen. But the truth of the matter is that God has strategically positioned me in this place now to fulfill a very desire of his heart. Jeremiah 23 said, I will give pastors according to my heart which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So even... A pastor does what is in the heart of God. So, me, I'm very critical. Oh. If ever I'm going to do something, I think about it like... So, what I am doing is actually what God desires. And so, when I am praying, I'm praying, Lord, let me fulfill your very heart desires. Amen. You see, my, 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 my pastor here, that's my spiritual father. He brought me up. He trained me and everything. Man, I tell you, it has not been easy for him. But you can see that all these years that he kept on being patient and coming to me, he was actually fulfilling a desire that was in the heart of God. Without him, maybe he didn't even realize it. Maybe he thought, oh, I'm just doing what I feel like doing for God. 
But God was positioning him in my life to fulfill what God desired in his heart before the foundation of the world. Amen. So, every sacrifice, every money he spent on me, every prayer he spent on me, almost everything he did is in alignment to the desires of God. It is what has helped to shape him in my life. Amen. So if ever the Lord uses me to be a blessing to you, you can understand that that is the desire of God, but it had to happen through him. Hallelujah. You understand? So Amen. that is why you need to be a student of prayer for the will of God. Amen. Because when you are praying, you are praying. Look, the heart of God is huge. You cannot search it out. It's too great. It only takes the Holy Spirit who, to be able to reveal the deep things of God. There are deep things of God. The Bible says, no man can know what is in the heart of man except the spirit of man. And no man can know the things of God and the things that are in the heart of God, except the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, Yea, the Spirit searcheth all things, even the deep things of God. Amen. But I love what he says. He said, But it has been revealed unto us by his spirit. And therefore, Amen. Paul says that we now speak wisdom and not the wisdom of men. So the type of wisdom he was operating by was a wisdom that was downloaded from the heart of God to him. So God has a plan for your life. Do you know how big that plan is? You have no idea. But I came to tell you that if you don't pray for that plan to manifest, it will never manifest. Because system, it looks like it's a mystery. You can't understand it until you call on God to, for prayer. Eh? Things will just be happening. For instance, in Genesis chapter 12, God called Abraham and told Abraham, get out of your father's house to a country I will, I will, I will show you and I will bless you and you become a blessing and through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. But God told him something. God told him, that blessing is going to come through after your generation have gone into slavery for 400 years. It was God gave him that promise long time that his children, his descendants will go into slavery for 400 years. After they go into the slavery for 400 years, he will now rescue them and begin to glorify them. Amen. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and so on and so forth. That plan was fulfilled through the life of Joseph. Joseph himself didn't know that as he was going to Egypt, it was fulfilling a part of the heart of God. He, he has no idea. It was through Joseph that they went into slavery. Eh? He, God gave him a dream. In the dream, he saw the sun and the moon and the stars bowing down to him, and he told his father. His father said, do you mean we are going to 
bow down to you because his father was a researcher of dreams. So his father, he knew what the dream meant immediately and he interpreted it. But all of them, they didn't know that what was happening, it was in the heart of God that God even revealed it to Abraham. Amen. So as Joseph went to Egypt, being accused of raping Potiphar's wife, being sent to prison, all these things was a package. Oh. It was a package of what the heart of God was. But the truth of the matter is that that 400 years elapsed and they were still not redeemed according to what God said. Until they began to call upon God after 30 years. After 30 years, after they, they have suffered long enough, they now remembered God and start calling upon God. And then God now descended and came down upon Mount Sinai and told Moses that I'm going to use you to fulfill a prophecy I gave Abraham. So, you see, they should have been praying for the will of God, but none of them, their mind was not there at all. So, an extra 30 years of difficulty was added to their labor and their pain. Until they started to call upon God after 30 years. God said they are going to be in slavery for 400 years. But additional 30 years was added. And if they had not, if they had not prayed, it would have extended beyond that. So God has a plan for your life. But until you call upon him to fulfill that plan, that plan will not be manifested. Amen. And if that plan is not going to manifest, if that plan is not going to be done, what happens is that what happens is that an evil spirit will take advantage of the situation and and govern your life and redirect your life in a way it is not supposed to go. That is why someone can take, go to a witch doctor and arrest your destiny. That's why you must be a student of prayer. So that your life and my life will not be governed by good luck or what is known as bad luck, but it will be governed by the hand of God. Amen. The Bible says, when the Lord led them through the wilderness, they tested not, neither were they hungry. When God leads you, you will never become thirsty. Amen. You will never go hungry. Amen. So I came to tell us that there are things that take place when we do not pray. There are things that happen when we do not pray. And one of them is that our lives are governed by spiritual entities or evil spirits. So when you pray, you modify or you change the course of events concerning your life in the realms of the spirit so we need to have a prayerful life this is the word of the lord to you god bless you if you have a question you can please ask if not i'll be bringing the message the bible studies to an end for today i just want to say pastor i just i i feel 